Welcome to the Built and Beyond podcast. This is where we share trends and knowledge and cool tools that just might help take some bricks off your back. If you're looking for insight into the built and natural environment, and well, beyond, this is the place. If you're in the federal space and want to drive innovation, we have some thoughts. Transportation, asset management, water infrastructure concerns keeping you up at night? We have guests who will talk about that too. We're all in this together, so let's get to it. Welcome to Episode 3. Today we're talking about the third and fourth pillars of data lifecycle management, assimilate and use. We also discussed the business intelligent tools needed to create efficiencies and a lot more. Glad you're here. Our first uh, three pillars, plan, create, and maintain, have really tend to deal more with the data governance aspect of what we've been talking about with data governance, data warehousing, and data analytics. As we move into the fourth pillar, assimilate, we start going from that data standards and data governance to that data warehousing or bringing disparated data that may not share all the same data standards within their native systems of record, but need to be assimilated together to produce critical reports out to federal and state agencies or internal reports for planning and budgeting. So let's talk a little bit about the assimilation step of the data life cycle and some of the considerations uh, that go into that and why data warehousing uh, is playing a bigger role in the assimilation of enterprise data. Alan, feel free to, to start that. Sure. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, so that, you know, in the assimilation, you're really getting into the exact thing I've talked about at the very beginning of the podcast about the ability to look at multiple business systems at once. That's really what we're trying to do and bring that information into one place and overlay that data together. So in the simulation practice, it's going to require uh, multiple, I call it tool sets to help us do that. There's what's called the application programming interfaces. That's the ability for, and this has become more common. Um, these were not available back when I was doing this kind of work. Um, but these application programming interfaces allow us to talk to a particular business system and pull that data into uh, an enterprise data warehouse that allows us to see that in that business system's data inside of that warehouse along with other data sets. In certain cases, there's they don't have these software systems don't have the application program interfaces so they they have to do what's called or we have to do as as consultants extract transform and load which are basically scripting mechanisms that that take data from one place and put them into a, a data warehouse those are a little bit more complicated but it's just another methodology and and schema that's put in place that allows us to to pull this information together and assimilate it in an overall uh, a data warehouse that makes, becomes usable and visible from many other uh, applications, I guess you would say, to, to allow you, and business intelligence tools that allow us to, to drill into that data warehouse and say, okay, now I've got pavements, culverts, signs, signals, ITS infrastructure, um, bridges, you name it. Now I can see all that in one place where before I had to go call up John in Bridge and go, hey, can you get me uh, some information about the 
how well the bridges are performing in Warren County. And that you don't do that now because you're bringing it across into this enterprise data warehouse in this case and assimilate it there. I know one of the concerns often expressed by data business administrators and chief information officers is implementing a data warehouse that is yet another database within our organization, replicating data that are coming from these disparated systems, and that's always a concern. Soraya, is a, a additional database required to use technologies to assimilate data, uh, do data cataloging, monitor data governance and data quality issues within a data warehouse, uh, or is there a way around that? Yeah, actually, John, that's a really great question. And I was just going to say um, one of the, the things, you know, with assimilating data is sort of taking your data to that next level, right? Now we're bringing in the warehousing. But one thing I really want to mention about warehouse, data warehousing is a lot of organizations get intimidated by the thought of implementing a data warehouse because of that because you know now i'm bringing yet another system you know yet another place for people to dump information right and a couple things i want to say here number one a data warehouse can be established in a scalable way what i mean by that is that you don't have to go full force with this 30 node environment, right? Running, you know, Hadoop and Elasticsearch and MongoDB and parentheses. These are all data warehouse technologies, okay? You can scale your warehouse based on your needs. You can start small. What we're doing right now for Ohio is we're doing a, data, a pilot program where we're just taking a small data set and showing them what they can do with this with this and in a data warehouse environment so don't get scared by the thought of implementing a warehouse because it's this huge project that's going to take years no scale it based on your immediate needs okay and then you build up from that the other thing is you don't it's not going to be yet another system for your IT folks to maintain because what you're going to do and hopefully is as you as you mature in your data warehouse and you mature what what Alan spoke about that those ETL processes right and basically an ETL is taking data from one system you know massaging it and putting it into their warehouse your as your ETL processes mature and as your automation matures, it's going to require less and less of that maintenance. Um, your maturity is going to go up and your maintenance is going to go down. And as far as need to, to maintain it, okay? So you're, you're going to be collecting good data. And the other part of that is that you don't need another database. It's not adding yet another SQL database to your already, you know, ever-growing 50 million databases that you have out there. Now your DBA is going to be overwhelmed. No, it's not that. There are tools out there that will support everything within that warehouse system, okay? I've mentioned Hadoop. That is the most common uh, data warehousing tool. And within Hadoop, there are technologies within that 
system that support the ingestion of data that will hold that data for you, that will process that data, okay? And then it will give you the output using some of these uh, Power BI, uh, uh, business intelligence tool like a Power BI. So I don't, I don't want folks to think that they're going to have to yet invest in another database system that's going to have to be maintained that is tabular in this. Uh, these data warehouses are a little bit more, um, uh, what's the word I want to say? They're, they're, they're a little bit more encompassing. And, and like I said, as, as you mature your warehouse and, and with your data, it's going to be more easy to maintain. So it's... And uh, assimilating data into a data warehouse also allows for an opportunity to apply an enterprise data governance standard to all your data. So if you have two different technologies, database applications that are required to track the same type of information, a county name, one database may require it to be a code, the other may require or have the county name spelled out. A data warehouse and assimilating data together using uh, data standards allows you then to have a pristine set of all your data throughout the agency that allows you to compare apples to apples to apples versus having to compare apples to oranges to bowling balls. Uh, and it allows you then to take advantage of the next thing we want to talk about in our trilogy of data governance, data warehousing, and data analytics, and that's the data analytics side of the house. So as we step through the data life cycle and we move from planning to creating to maintaining data and assimilating it into a data warehouse, now we get into the use of our data for forecasting and modeling, for analyzing, for retrieving and reporting. And that's where we start getting into these different business intelligence tools uh, that allow us to bring together strategies and technologies into the enterprise for data analysis of our business information. So what I'd like to talk a little bit now is the power of business intelligence and some of the tools out there that could be used uh, in the use stage of our data life cycle. So Alan, if you want to talk a little bit about the power of Power BI and tools like Power BI, there's Tableau and other uh, systems out there that, that do similar things yeah. that provide benefit. Yeah, I was going to, and I wanted just to step back just a little bit, John. You see, I put my hand up because I'm really interested in this stuff. <laughs> um, I hope everybody's excited as we are. The when I, when I go, when I look back and what you talked about is on the data governance side of this is it's incumbent upon us to build these enterprise data warehouses against and have a data governance standard metadata in place, documentation, the business processes and workflows that we talked about earlier in place because now we move into not only is one business unit potentially utilizing the business intelligence tools to, to, to run analytics and reports off of, it's across the enterprise. So that's the, the, the authoritative data that, that sits there needs to have governance and standards and quality management against it so that 
now when I use it for data modeling, maybe I'm doing portfolio planning, maybe I'm doing prioritization of the capital program. Uh, obviously, those inputs are are huge for us to make sure that they're correct so that we're making the right, when we're going to go build out um, a hundred million dollar bridge and we need to replace the culverts at the same time and we need to redo the pavement a mile coming in and a mile coming out. If that data is not in the enterprise correctly with the governance and standards behind it, then we're really going to be coming up with some potentially decisions that could cost us quite a bit of money. So what what the, the tools that allow us to do once we have that data in there that as, as John described, now we have these business intelligence tools that are all web-based tools to allow us to build out dashboards, bar charts, pie charts, information about how our network is performing um, against the, as John mentioned earlier, the linear reference system. So how are we looking um, for each of our asset types that match up to that LRS? And what condition are our assets in? Um, what's the inventory of us? How many do we have? A, a great example is you could go into, I guarantee you, in a lot of, um, of our clients and DOTs, you could go into a particular county and say, how many culverts do we have in Allen County, Ohio? I bet they don't know. Um, however, with an enterprise tool like this, it could give us the information that it's pulled it from other business um, departments. I can see it here. I can go drill into a, a Power BI type dashboard um, and then and see what how many culverts I have there, what condition they're in. And the ability, and the, really the, the key to this is two things. The ability to see, so spatially, where does that, where's the location of these assets and what kind of condition they're in? So I can see, do I have clusters of problems on our networks? Again, big for planning planning of our network, planning of our improvements in the future. I want to see that. So the ability to see it spatially is, is definitely a very big deal. Then the ability to write, I always call it right-click, but it's really a drill through the data in, in a software application that's a right-click. I can drill through that information and see the most atomic data. So at the operational level of, okay, when was the, for instance, this piece of pavement that's a tenth of a mile long, when was it installed? What what kind of work has been done on it over the past 15 years? When do we need to, um, when should we do a particular treatment to it? How many treatments have been done to it? Uh, what, does it? Is it part of a larger project? All that kind of stuff in business intelligence, it makes it, it's at our fingertips to be able to get to those kinds of answers where before it was, well, let me go to the file cabinet over here and look at what we've got. Oh, I need the mylar of the map so I can see um, wh where these locations are. Now that's all there in a web application. It's important. Again, we could still be making bad decisions on, even though the, it's easier to get to the data, that's why the data governance program behind it is so critical. But the opportunities are enormous. Uh, in terms of efficiencies and being able to save on putting bundling, I would call it bundling assets and projects together. That ability is here with what we have in business intelligence. And I apologize because I could talk all day on this stuff. Yeah, oh, no, that, that's that, great. That's a, that's yeah, that was really good. I was just going to say, and we can't talk about this forever, um, but it is it is a big deal because, you know, one of the things that we've seen, and, and we've all seen this with our clients, but one of the things that 
we have um, that Ohio has has told us is that they spend hours of time scouring data to produce one report. Okay, so if you have your data in a warehouse that now you can use business intelligence tools to create that same report and then some, now you can focus that resource on, on doing other stuff, right? And so now we're creating efficiencies and then the accuracy of those reports um, is so important. And, you know, and there are tools out there like, like we had talked about Power BI that really do make it easy to build these reports. Um, you know, it's not like the old days where you, you know, you had to go and, and code every single piece of line that you wanted. No, the, the tools like Power BI and Tableau come with such a robust uh, engine for creating dashboards and reports, but yet they're, they're in an easy to do format. And so I think it's, I think companies are going to like um, using them because it is easy to stand up a dashboard um, and, and having a data governance program driving your data, you know that the data that you're seeing, the reports that you're seeing, the charts, like Alan was saying, is going to be, um, it's going to be good data. So now your decision making is, is going to be made simpler. And so, and the other thing I wanted to say from a data warehouse perspective is that, uh, you know, again, seeing some of the experiences with Ohio has been, and I think John touched upon this a little bit, is that we, we all use data in different ways. I, I, I use it for my job as a business analyst, whereas, you know, John might use it for his jobs doing asset management. And then Alan is going to want to use it for a different way, you know, for selling, selling to our clients. So we're all going to use it in our own way. Um, however, what, what is that source of truth? In Ohio, we noticed that, you know, planning used the same piece of data one way, whereas finance needed to use it in another in another completely different way. And so having it in a data warehouse with rules applied to it, it's going to give you really that one source of truth. And so now we're not having to question from where that piece of data came or what is the right format for that data, because having it in that, the warehouse is going to apply those tools. And then you just kind of kick it up a notch with adding business intelligence to it. Yeah, That's John, where... before you step in, I've got, I got one more comment just based on this analytics part. So if you, if you look back and, you know, over the last 10 years, if you, if you look at analytics and you, you think about where did I first see these kinds of dashboards and analytics, and I think you'd, you'd look at somebody like Google, right? Google had analytics well before we had them in, in the Department of Transportation or anywhere else for that matter. But what did they do? Well, think about who Google is or Facebook even or somebody like that. They absolutely treat data as an asset. That is their biggest asset. And when you go in and you type in um, onto a, a web page, hey, I'm looking for um, new decking. You better believe that you're advertising that you come in in the next day when you look when you're coming into your email or whatever. It has here's what's here's the cheapest decking out there. Right. That kind <laughs> of stuff. That's because they they are going through these analytics and they've got the tools that um, allow them to drill through that data. And they've got robust governance programs around the treatment of that information so that they're giving look in some in some ways it's evasive, right? Invasive. Um, but they 
but that's that's their job and for, for what they're trying to sell. So I, I look at it for us is we we need to get there. I mean, it's been here for a while and now we've finally got the tools to do it. Sure. And it's important to understand that data governance at the planning stage through the creation and maintenance and into the assimilation uh, allows you to, to start taking your data, uh, which is just raw data and in and of itself may be meaningless and really start to transform it through an evolution and, and turn it into positive predictive business impacts. There's a theory out there that suggests that data evolves uh, from just being raw data like a number or a value in a database to becoming information and that information is turned into knowledge. That knowledge becomes insight and wisdom based off of our experiences uh, and we take all of that wisdom from our data uh, and use it to make decisions for the greatest impact possible and we want to get into that predictive uh, a modeling for capital improvement planning for for uh, structural analysis of assets like pavements or bridges, those types of things. Uh, and business intelligence tools like uh, Power BI uh, allow us to, to start taking that data, apply data governance to it, and those driving business factors that Soraya talked about earlier and turn that business intelligence into business impacts. So we get the greatest value out of our data. And so it is more real-time data and the predictive analysis we do is more accurate. So we're touching the right assets at the right time with our limited resources, spreading our limited dollars further across our asset networks. Uh, and that's true as we invest in our information technologies uh, like Power BI and a data warehouse and data governance to manage our data life cycles from plan, create, maintain, assimilate through use. Well, I think we've done enough data dialogue for today. Be sure to join us next time as we chat about the final two pillars, distribute and remove. See you then.